It's time for episode 85 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 29th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where we keep watching our watch, the Apple Watch, probably. I am your co-host, Jason Snell, and not too far away from me, but over the internet, is my co-host. Yes, we're together again. It's Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. It's been so long I since know. we did a show with the two of us. I know. I think we're back together for good now, though. For good. It's it's done. done Never deal. again will Never we Never leave apart. me again. That's right. Exactly right. Now, we, this is Clockwise, so of course we have two wonderful guests. One of our guests is a first-time Clockwiser. You are Allison Sheridan, host of the Nocilla cast, which is your name backward. That's right. Uh, thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed the name. And our other lovely guest, a returning guest to my left, is former Macworld editor and most recently author of the Yosemite A Take Control Crash Course Guide, Ms. Sholly McFarland. Hi, Sholly. Hello. Glad to be here. Welcome back. All right. We plug podcasts and books. Now it's time to get down to business. Four topics in 30 (laughs) minutes. I'm going to go first. I mentioned it at the top of the show. The Apple Watch has arrived. And I'm going to make this uh, uh, twofold. Uh, If you have an Apple Watch, I'm interested in some quick first thoughts. Uh, And if you don't, I'm interested in what your impressions are of how other people are reacting to the Apple Watch. And uh, Allison, let's start with you. Well, I do have an Apple Watch. I got the silver uh, or the the aluminum sport model with the the heavy white band. And uh, I I am Dick Tracy now. I love (laughs) talking to my watch. Do you have a hat? Yeah. Get a hat. It's black. It's got a little Mm, rim on it. Um, The fact that I can get a a text message while I'm walking my dog, I can lift up my wrist, look at it, and tap a button, dictate in a response, and hit go is just magical for me. I'm really, really digging that. And it's uh, and the the dictation seems a lot better. The transcription seems a lot better than it is on the iPhone. And I don't know why that is. And I thought it was just me, but I've heard other people saying it. So apparently there's something interesting going on there. I too have an Apple Watch. I have a a uh, space gray sport, which we were, I guess, discussing earlier as the cheap Darth Vader model, not yes. to be confused with the space black ultra Darth Vader model. Um, and I've enjoyed using it a lot uh, over the past few days. Um, I'm, you know, I, it's been years since I wore a watch regularly. Uh, and it was funny because I was at a at the, a conference a few weeks ago and they gave out wristbands for part of it. And when I had the wristband on my wrist, I found that I kept looking at it to try and get the time just because that's my normal sort of physiological response to having something on my wrist. It must be a watch. What else would it be? I, I used to do that with my Fitbit too, which didn't have a clock, which was really annoying. Um, but now there's actually a thing there that tells me the time. I really dig it. I think it's um it's interesting because I'm still sort of adjusting to having it as part of my everyday life. So I still play with it more than I think that I eventually will once I've become more ingrained with how to use it. Um, there are some things that I find slightly irritating. I know, as, as the early reviewers say, sometimes figuring out what will activate the Apple Watch face and what will not activate the Apple Watch face mm. is frustrating. So you end up doing like a wrist shaky thing sometimes, or it's like, oh, why aren't you on? Um, and sometimes it'll just come on at points where you don't really need it on. Uh, I've also been really intrigued by some of the apps, both the first party and third party apps that we've seen so far. Although, uh, again, as, as many reviewers have known, they're very slow. Mm. They're very slow apps. And, and the other thing I'm sort of trying to figure out how to get the most out of is uh, the glances, which I really like. Um, but already I've got like 
12 or 15 and navigate like swipe was oh yeah yeah i want to look at that glance oh it's all the way at the end of the list swipe 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 swipe, 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 swipe. okay finally got that thing confusing yeah exactly and and not only that but like by the time i've swiped all the way over and it's actually updated that information i could have just got my phone out so i you know figuring out how to get the most out of it in terms of how it fits into my everyday life is is i think the big question and so i'm curious to know how it's going to do a few months down the road i am the token curmudgeon Mm. here on the podcast um i don't have an apple watch but i have been amused watching the news because it really seems to be split between the squeals of joy that Apple Watches are arriving and the squeals of dismay that Apple Watch lovers are so, so annoying. When I <laughs> looked for stories last night, I was like, what are people saying? The top few stories were all riffing on Apple Watch wearers as being, un, shall we say, undesirable for lovemaking. Wow. Those, those were the top <laughs> stories. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go shoot myself now. <laughs> Uh, For me, I was an enthusiastic version one iPad user, but I'm hanging back on this one just because the price is pretty high. And I'm I'm curious to see what happens as people use it and what seems to be the things that really stand out as the coolest things to it. And it's especially because I don't like wearing a watch. I find watches really uncomfortable. So it's gonna it's gonna have to really be deemed as super awesome for me to spend the money and then slap something on my wrist. I'm in the squeals of joy camp more or less here. I have to say I, I, I've been really enjoying it. Although uh, something Allison mentioned that, that I think is an issue is the, the iPhone is working seamlessly with the watch. Like I, one of the things I've really appreciated is the lack of redundancy. When the watch is on your wrist, the notifications that go to your wrist do not do things on your iPhone because they know you're wearing your watch. You don't need to be buzzed on your, on your iPhone as well. I really wish that they, um, or I hope that they will improve that on the Mac as well, because that, that's a place where I'm, if I'm sitting at my Mac and somebody sends me a message and it's in the, like a back window on my Mac, but I'm actively using my Mac, my watch will buzz. And I'm not quite sure whether uh, that's the right approach there or not, but I'm, in, I'm enjoying it a lot. And, and to Allison's point, I'm, I'm wearing it for a longer stretch of time. I felt like, I feel like there's more reason for me to keep it on. Um, whereas with a traditional watch, I might take it off in the, in the uh, like early evening. Now I'll leave it on before I, uh, up until I go to bed. So I'm having, it's early days yet. This is 1.0 hardware and, and it's especially 1.0 software, but it's been a lot of fun and uh it's a it's fun to have a new thing that's not like any any things we've seen before anyway thank you for your uh feedback on the apple watch let's move on to our second topic allison what do you have for us well as, as apple fanatics we've been in charge of hating microsoft for a very very long time it's been our our mission in life to hate them but i'm feeling kind of conflicted now because they're coming out with all this cool software for us right they've got they've got OneNote and and they've they've got a new version of office coming out we've got all kinds of apps going to the phone and the watch and you know are, are the rest of you feeling kind of conflicted not hating them all of a sudden uh, you know what? It's it's been a more gradual change for me. Uh, while I haven't used a lot of major Microsoft software like the Office we used, you know, at, at MacWorld, and yeah, that was sometimes when we did use that up until we switched over to to Markdown. That was kind of a oh god, I got to go to Word again. And so I've been working on some projects where I have to use Word, so I'm still not a huge Office fan. But I do think a lot of other stuff that Microsoft is doing, especially in the services department, is kind of interesting. So you know, SkyDrive, the stuff that or OneDrive, I guess it is now. 
OneDrive and um, you know Windows Azure, Azure for developers. There's a lot of really interesting technologies, and I think Microsoft has realized like, well, you know, we kind of won the desktop you know war, but the that is going away slowly, and we didn't really do a good job with tablets and mobile. So it really makes the most sense for us to sort of be as many places as possible and to make great software that works on a lot of different devices. And I think they've done a really good job of that. Uh, so I think that especially a lot of people have been talking, I know about the, even, you know, they rolled out uh, watch apps on day one when the Apple watch came out. Yeah. So, and, and the office on the iPad and iPhone is pretty good too. I think that they've done some solid work there and it's a really, a really smart move for them um, because, you know, the sort of the bastion of the PC is definitely getting uh, smaller and smaller as time goes by. And I will say I've owned, I've owned now two Microsoft gaming consoles, both of which I've quite liked. And uh, I guess that makes me some sort of Microsoft fan uh, of some sort. So I guess I must feel that even though we are contractually obligated to hate Microsoft, that may- maybe the contract's coming to an end. I don't know. Shali, what about you? Well, it was interesting thinking about this. We used Microsoft Office forever at Macworld. Decades, it was, mm-hmm. really. Um, Since the dawn of time. Since the dawn of time. But then in those last few years, uh, we dropped it and we're using um, Marktown in, in BB Edit is what I was using. And I was so resistant when Jason made us do that. <laughs> but it didn't take very long for me to get used to it. Um, so when I became a freelancer last year, initially I subscribed to Office 365 um, because I thought, oh, I have to have this. But I, it kept having trouble with my password, and finally it became unusable, and I just discontinued my subscription. And what I found was using Google Apps and Apple's Office apps really was no problem. A lot of the stuff I do now really can just be done in Google Docs, and I don't really need Office anymore. So it was great that they finally came out with the iOS apps last November, but I think it was really too late. I think people have been drifting away from Office, and that was the thing that everybody, no matter what platform you were on, felt like they had to have. So because of that, because Office isn't a necessity anymore and Windows is challenged on so many fronts, I think the admiration and the awe and the fear people used to feel for Microsoft, they don't. They're not getting that anymore. Now all that is saved for Google. Google is occupying that space now. And so I think is Microsoft pathetic then? I mean, do you feel sorry for them? <laughs> I do not think about them in the way that oh, I used that's to. Even worse. Like they used oh, to be yeah. this presence and I don't feel like they're really present in a lot of the areas that I'm working now, which is a big deal cuz wow. They've they've lost some mojo. I feel bad for Microsoft. I actually am kind of rooting for them because I like that. I, I feel like after Steve Ballmer, uh, Satya Nadella has come in and said, "Look, what are we good at? Let's you know, let's let's turn this around. Let's focus on the cloud. Let's uh, put our our stuff on lots of different platforms. Let's not make everything be Windows this and Windows that because you know we can't just jam everything we do into a context that is that is related to Windows. But I'm also with Shali. I I'm an Office 365 subscriber, and their iOS apps are really good, and the new version of 
of Office for Mac looks pretty good. Um, and if you're in an environment that is relying on that, then that's great. But I, I'm not in that environment anymore. And I, you know, I write in a text editor and I will use different tools. I, I keep a lot of tracking. I'm using a Google spreadsheet right now to take uh, notes about this podcast. This is where we plan the podcast is in a Google spreadsheet, not in Excel or something like that. And, and could Microsoft have brought Excel to the web and with, with collaboration faster than they did? Yeah, you betcha. And maybe it would have made a difference, but uh, Google beat them there. And um, it, it does sort of feel like it's too late. But, you know, that's okay. I feel like Microsoft is, uh, has got a lot of momentum on the old stuff. And the most important thing to me is to build new stuff. And they seem to be finally doing that. And I think good for them, whether they succeed or fail. I, I don't, I don't, a, a friend of ours, Dan, uh, who will remain nameless, uh, refuses to buy an Xbox because it's from Microsoft, even because of just like the old Mac versus PC era. And I just, I kind of don't care. I have an Xbox 360. It's fine. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah. So I'm rooting for Sachin and Della that he does some good stuff because it seems like his, he's uh, going in the right direction. Uh, that's two topics down. Allison, thank you for making us ponder Microsoft. <laughs> uh, it's halftime. Let me tell you about our halftime sponsor this week on Clockwise. It's Warby Parker. Warby Parker makes really nice glasses and they believe they shouldn't cost as much as an iphone and too often they do warby parker's prescription glasses start at 95 dollars. that includes the prescription lenses these aren't ugly cheap looking designs these are super nice designer uh, glasses they believe that glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory just like a bag a shoe a hat we talked about hats earlier or even a watch. Hmm. They want you to look good in your glasses and they really do cool looking designs. They have a titanium collection that starts at 145. All their glasses include anti-reflective and anti-glare coating. There's no additional cost for that. They come with a hard case and a cleaning cloth. There's a an amazing home try-on from Warby Parker where you pick frames that you think look good and they send them to you in a box. You can have up to five pairs and you can try them on. My family and I did this. They were you know, giving me their opinions about the, the shape of my face while I was putting on these various glasses we found a pair that we liked and then you send them back to warby parker go online say i want to buy that pair and then very quickly you get the actual glasses and so in your hands within 10 business days so here's what you need to do go to warby parker w-a-r-b-y-p-a-r-k-e-r.com warbyparker.com slash clockwise to get your five free home try-on frames send the frames back choose your favorite pairs and order by visiting warbyparker.com slash clockwise you'll get free three-day shipping on your final frame choice warby parker thank you so much for sponsoring clockwise warbyparker.com slash clockwise halftime is over dan the risk of sounding seifeldian what is up with ipad sales we uh we had the <laughs> apple financial results earlier this week and among mostly bright spots the ipad is one place where apple sales seem to be pretty steadily going down they're still doing well they're still selling millions of units but the trend is downward and so people asked him cook about this and he said you know we've definitely seen some some cannibalization from you know both the iphone and the mac so i guess my question for you guys is as we have lighter and lighter Macs, like the new MacBook that they rolled out, and bigger and bigger iPhones, like the iPhone 6 Plus, is there still room for the iPad? Do you find yourself using it? Do you see a, a niche that it occupies that is better than, you know, the what else you can do? Shali, what do you think? Well, I guess my reaction to this is... I'm not sure it really matters if the iPad sales have declined, especially for Apple, because if they're getting the sales 
from the iPhone Plus and from the new MacBooks, then, you know, the money, the money is still theirs. From my point of view, I still love my iPads and that it is iPads because we have four, possibly five iPads <laughs> in our house. Um, the only one that's not used anymore is the version one one because it really can't run the apps. But the iPads have staying power, power, and unlike my phone, they don't seem to start running really slowly and breaking soon after a new version is released. So, so I'm okay with it. I think the iPad is all right, and you know the people who want the the bigger phone or the or happy lugging around their, you know, opening up their laptop and going through all that, more power to them. So in um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention baseball statistics here. Please stay with me. Uh, in in the world of baseball st- statistics, there's sort of two ways to look, and this is in a lot of advanced statistics. You can look at the uh, very specific things that happen, like uh, balls and strikes, or outs, or, or hits, or home runs, and then you can look at what are called the peripherals, which are like numbers around the main numbers, and they don't describe things that actually happened in the game, but they are often indicators of future performance. Like if a pitcher throws at a certain uh, a certain velocity, uh, that is meaningful for their future uh, their their future in pitching or or uh, certain batting statistics are the same way, right? So that's how I feel about the iPad. And this is clearly is what Tim Cook feels like about the iPad is the peripherals are good, but the main statistics are kind of flat. And, and so when he talks about it, he says the customer satisfaction is really great. Tim loves customer sat. He talks about uh, first buyer rates as an indication that the market's not saturated. And so um, like he says, it, when you look at the underlying data, it makes you feel a lot better than the sales do. And he says, uh, I strongly believe it will begin to grow again. So, and I, I love the iPad like Sholly does. I, I I think it's great. I think it's a great product. Apple's always going to be happy if you want to buy some other Apple product instead of you know product A. You buy product B. They're fine with that. They're fine with cannibalization, and they're they're definitely seeing some of that. But I think in the end, the peripherals are good, and uh, and therefore the iPad is going to be a, a, a continued success. It's a business that's the size of Apple's Mac business, so it's. It's not like some uh, bad business or small business for them. It's actually a pretty good, it's about 10% of their revenue and it's flat. It's flat. It's not going down. We talk about, we focus on growth a lot and sales aren't going down as much as they've flattened. Um, you know, they might be down a little, but it, it's, 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 it's just, a, it's a good business that's not growing and that's what make, make people talk about it. I think it's going to be okay in the end. Allison, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> I, I think I might be exactly who uh, Shali is talking about because um, I bought a, a, a Mac, an, an iPad when they first came out and I've got an iPad Air 1 right now. Um, I've got a full-size MacBook Pro 15-inch with a big SSD and Retina and all that kind of stuff. But what I've uh, realized is that I'm going to buy a 12-inch MacBook that will probably mostly supplant the iPad. So I use the iPad running around the house. You know, I want to watch a video in here. I want to go check Twitter over there and I just kind of drag it around. But I'm constantly just slightly frustrated with it. Like, oh, I just can't quite do that thing I want to do. And um, their Apple is now offering me something where I can still have all my photos now because of the way photos works. I'm going to be able to get those there without buying a giant, giant hard drive or giant SSD in it. And so I think what they've done is they've, they've basically supplied a continuum now, like what they did with the iPods where they had one every hundred dollars. Now you've got, you know, you've got the iPhone six, the iPhone, well, actually you've got the iPhone five S still and the six and the six plus and the iPad mini and the iPad air two. And then you've got your 12 inch MacBook. I mean, there is just a, 
full on continuum. So I think that by doing that, they may have diluted the sales of the iPad, but they've made me spend even more money with them in the end, right? Yeah, I, I think all of you are right. I'm not too worried of the business aspect of it and, and certainly not on its impact on Apple's bottom line. I guess my curiosity is mainly whether the tablet as a form factor is still diverse enough from the other offerings that people will be interested in or that that, that development, you know, will they'll find interesting things to do with it that you can't do with anything else. And, and I don't know. I mean, for a while there, it looked like the iPad was poised to take over from the Mac. Um, but the Mac has had such a huge resurgence in some ways and become, you know, has such steady sales that I feel like it remains compelling in a way that the iPad, you know, has its own niche, but it isn't ready to take over from the Mac. And, and Apple said as much a few years ago. So I'm, I feel like it's probably going to stick around for a while, but I'm curious to see where Apple is going to go with it to make it more diverse from the rest of its offerings. So thank you all. I, I do agree, though, that a lot of what Shelly said is right, is that the problem with it is its staying power that you don't need a new one. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Re- up, update and refresh cycles, I think, are the big question as to the sales. I've heard, um, I heard from a lot of people the other day that they still love their iPad, too. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. it takes a few yeah. years. Yeah. 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 So thank you very much for your thoughts on that. I really appreciate it. Uh, Shelly, what's your topic? My topic is Dropbox's new comment feature that they added uh, this Tuesday. And um, I was curious whether you guys think that's interesting and um, how you keep track of conversations about shared files. So I can talk about a little bit about me first. Okay. So uh, the basics about this feature for people who haven't heard about it is that um, it lets you leave comments on Dropbox files. So Dropbox is a cloud service. It's been around for a long time. And it lets you see your files that are in the cloud as if they were just on a folder on your desktop, um, which is the seamlessness is so convenient. And that's something that a lot of people just love about Dropbox. With this... If you go and you look at your Dropbox files in a browser, you can also leave comments about them. So say you have a file you're working on with a group of people, like a manuscript or something like that. You can leave a little comments about it in in a a new window that comes down, a new pane, where uh, the comments just sort of are listed, kind of like a any kind of social media. So it's pretty neat. You can just mention someone by doing the at sign and then their name or their email address, and they'll get an email notification, even if they don't use Dropbox with a link to the file. Um, I think this is pretty nifty. I, I love Dropbox, and I love the idea of having a place to share comments that's closely related to the file. But my, my only hesitation with it is that you can only see the comments when you're in the browser. Uh, I edit I edit books for Tidbits Take Control series um, and wrote a book with them, and the entire process is in Dropbox. But I'm never in the browser. I'm always just in the file system. So I'm curious to see how I'm gonna be able to use this feature. But I'm I'm excited that they're starting to think of things like this and add features like this. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think this is going to work for me because I don't. I, I don't view Dropbox as a uh, 
as a commenting system and maybe may, you know i don't know maybe but it's it, it, you're right i view dropbox as very much a, a file system based thing and not something where i'm using dropbox's website i think that this is you know it, i could see how it maybe has some business uses but it's a it's a it's a tricky one i tend to put a lot of comments in documents and and just use documents and if you're sharing files files and folders are really good for that and um, so Dropbox, because they don't get the kind of special integration with something like uh, the Finder on the Mac that uh, that uh, you might expect, I I don't know. I, I'm uh, I, I was not super excited of all the features for Dropbox to add. You know, it seems like maybe some, they've got some business customers who want this, but for for me, it just didn't it just didn't excite me. I, I usually leave comments in documents rather than in metadata attached to documents on the side somewhere. Allison, do you have uh, any? Uh, issues on this uh, on this front well it's funny that you would say it's uh maybe for business users i retired recently so the way i collaborate on documents is i walk into my husband's office and say so what did you think of what i just sent you <laughs> so uh my collaboration is is a little bit less than it might be for some others i thought it worked well though i tested it <clears throat> excuse me i tested it this morning and uh dropped in his email address and he got an email notification and then when he wrote back I had him not uh, add me as a special, you know, I didn't have him at me, if you would. And I did get an email notification back. So it, it did function well. Um, I, I think about this when I was working, we had a we had a system from IBM that would allow us to do this kind of thing. And I don't think anybody ever really used it very much. Um, that said, I think it does, uh, there is a problem to be solved here. Uh, I've been using Podio with uh, Don McAllister when I work on Screencast Online. And the problem is that we use it intermittently. Sometimes we email each other. Sometimes we make a comment next to the file. Sometimes we put it over here, you know, and the intermittency is the problem. So if everything doesn't have it, to work on correctly, I don't know. I don't think it's going to get enough traction, unfortunately. It's a good idea, though. Yeah, I, I, I like you guys. I feel like maybe I don't necessarily have the traction with this. And in some ways, it feels like Dropbox is trying to go after something like Google Docs or, or you know, Office 365. Uh, and like Jason, I, I spend most of my time in the Finder. So unless they expose this through the Finder, you know, plugin, it seems like it's not going to be something I run into that much. I very rarely use the web interface for Dropbox and only when I'm sort of checking, you know, double checking something. Um, and I don't know that Dropbox is really a destination when it comes to that. It's it's the great thing about Dropbox is how seamlessly it works with the file system. And so the fact that I don't have to go to a website most of the time is really a bonus for me. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm going to start going there to add comments. And, and I don't tend to use it as much for like real-time collaboration as I do something like Google Docs. So like Jason, I think I feel like I end up inserting things into files, notes into files, uh, if I'm really yeah. need, I'm working with somebody uh, else. So I, I think it's an interesting idea and maybe some people will use it, but I think that most people probably won't bother. All right, Charlie, great topic. That is our fourth topic. We have a, just enough time for our bonus topic. Bonus topic this week brought to you by Casper. Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses. I sleep on one when I am at home. Not, I don't bring it with me when I travel. It's not that magical, but it is pretty amazing. You can get it for a fraction of a price of mattresses that you'll find in stores. They're shipped to your door. Uh, this is the uh, like internet tech revolution version of, of mattresses, uh, cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms. They pass the savings on to you. They ship directly to 
your door. It is a, a neat product. It's got two different kinds of foam. It's got premium latex foam on the top and memory foam beneath. So you get a really nice feel, just the right sink, just the right bounce. It doesn't feel like my old bed felt like a trampoline, like you sit down on it and the cat would go flying off the other side. And the new one, <laughs> super comfortable, true story, uh, super comfortable. Um, mattresses often cost over $1,500. Casper mattresses cost between $500 for a twin, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, $950 for a king. And they're all made in the USA. So uh, they have a risk-free trial. You can get free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. So you can try Casper out and see if it's right for you. Lying on a bed in a showroom for four minutes is not going to do it. But Casper, you can sleep on it and see whether you like it or not. I like mine a lot. So listeners to Clockwise can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com. That's casper.com slash clockwise and using the code clockwise thank you so much to casper for supporting clockwise and all of relay fm and by the way the bonus question also brought to you by our clockwise t-shirt if you've listened this long we should tell you there's a clockwise t-shirt you can go to teespring.com t-e-e-s-p-r-i-n-g.com slash clockwise and buy our shirt it's only on sale for a couple of weeks so go buy it it's got the clockwise logo on the front and it says keep watching the clock on the back because that's the thing we say sometimes okay we have very little time left but i do want this uh bonus question and and it's a simple one. Give me the name of your favorite non-technology related podcast. Allison? Well, when you when you posted that, I was like, non-tech podcast? I got 29 podcasts in here. Are any of them non-tech? And uh, But luckily, I do have one. And that is, we have concerns with uh, Anthony Carboni and uh, Jeff Kanata. Hilarious mm-hmm. podcast. Nice. Uh, I kind of have to cheat and go with the uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is a radio show, but also available as a podcast, which is how I usually listen to it. Charlie? Uh, A couple of months ago, a friend took me to a live storytelling event in Portland, where I live, called Back Fence PDX. And I had never seen live storytelling before, and I dug it. So Backfence PDX Radio has the best stories from the Portland shows, but there's not that many episodes. So I've already run out of episodes. So I have come to the mothership, which is NPR's The Moth Radio Hour. And uh, for me, I have said this before. I will say it again. The Flophouse is my favorite non-tech podcast. The Bugle comes in second with John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman. But The Flophouse is my favorite. It's a bad movie podcast. It's a funny it's a good podcast about bad movies and it's not really about bad movies it's about funny people talking about the movie they just saw and that's it we're done with this podcast allison thank you so much for being on clockwise what a good time i loved it and, and, it's, and people too and it's over zoom just like that it's over <laughs> boom and shali thank you for being back on clockwise great having you as always thanks for having me guys and dan a pleasure talking to you it's good to me to be back on clockwise with you Indeed, the two of us together again, like Uh, salt and pepper or something, I don't know. And to everybody out there, we say, as always, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, that t-shirt.